John chapter 1. So I'm just going to speak about the rebirth. Right, so in the beginning before all time was the Word. John 1 verse 1. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. So you have the Word. And the Word was God. And the Word was with God. He was present originally with God. All things were made and came to existence through Him. And without Him was not even one thing made that is coming to being. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. So you get the Word and the life and the light. Okay. Verse 5, and the light shines on in the darkness, and the darkness have never overpowered it and put it out or absorbed it. Uh, there came a man sent from God, his name was John. This man came to witness that he might testify of the light, that all men might believe in and trust and rely on him through, uh, through him. He was not the light himself, but came that he might bear witness regarding the light. There it was, the true light was then coming into the world, the genuine, perfect, steadfast light that illumines every person. Okay. So Jesus is the light of the world. Okay, so in John chapter 8, he says, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you'll have the light of life. Okay? Uh, he says that actually in John chapter 9. John chapter 8, John chapter 9. I am the light of the world. All right? It's the word which is God, which is the life and the light. Okay, now he says, He came into the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him and did not know him. Okay. So he came into the world, but the world did not, not recognize him. All right. So there's something blinding the world to see the light life of God. They cannot recognize it. All right? So, in the garden, there was the two trees, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. And Satan, the serpent, speaking to Eve, she said, God knows that if you eat of this tree, your eyes will be opened, knowing good and evil. Okay, so what happened? She saw that it was good for food, and that it would make her wise, and she partook and ate, and she gave her husband with her, and he ate. So they partook, and their eyes were opened, and they, they realized that they were naked. Okay, so what happened there was they recognized the flesh. They recognized existence without God, and they got blinded for fellowship with God. They got blinded for God, and they, their eyes opened for the flesh. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 15 says, Down to this very day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies on their hearts and minds. Okay? So, you are blinded to see by the knowledge of good and evil. And the law is knowledge of good and evil. So if you're going to focus on the distinction between right and wrong, right and wrong, right and wrong, right and wrong, you're actually blinding your spiritual sight. Okay? The eyes of your conscience are being darkened. All right? Can't see. All right? So uh, the God of this world, 2 Corinthians 4, has blinded the eyes of the unbelievers. So... The knowledge of good and evil, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, which finds its manifestation in the law, is the God of this world. And that's the thing that blinds people. Now, because they were blinded by the knowledge of good and evil, though they were made by him when he came into the world, there he was, the light. They did not recognize him because they were blinded by the knowledge of good and evil. All right? Does that make sense? So, then he says, He came 
to that which belonged to him, to his own, his domain, his creation, his things, his world. And they who were his own did not receive him, did not welcome him. So if you can't see, you're not going to welcome him. You're not going to open up to him. Right? Verse 12. But to as many as did receive and welcome him, he gave the authority, the power, the privilege, the right to become children of God, that is to those who believe in his name. Okay, jump over to the King James. He says, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Okay. He came to the world. They did not recognize him. Okay, they did not, they did not receive him. But to as many as received him, gave he power to become sons. All right. So who is the him? The him is the word. He's called the Word. In the Word, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, the Word was with God. So it's God, but it's the Word. And in Genesis, the Spirit hovered over the waters and He spoke. Let there be light, and there was light. Okay, and creation was, was made through the Word. So the Spirit speaking is the Word. Okay? So when we receive the Word of the Spirit... Not words engraved in letters on stone, but the word of the Spirit. John 6, 63, Spirit and life. Words that I've been speaking to you are Spirit and they are life. When we receive the word, we receive Him. Because He is the word. To them that recognized Him, the word, the voice of the Spirit speaking. So yes, they, they just saw a man and they heard normal words. They just heard... Blah, 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 blah. But they did not recognize the spirit in him who was speaking those words. They just saw, isn't that Jesus? Isn't that the son of Joseph and Mary whom we know? The son of the carpenter. We know him, man. How can he say he's the son of God? Okay? So they saw the man, but they didn't see where he came from. They didn't saw the spirit inside him. They didn't see the spirit inside him. Okay. Right. So he said, but as many as did receive him, gave you power to become sons, as many as believed. How do you receive him? You believe. All right. What do you believe? The word. You believe in the name. Okay. Do you get it? Right. Who owe their birth neither to bloods nor to the will of the flesh, that of a physical impulse, nor to the will of man, that of a natural father, but to God. They are born of God. Okay, so they owe their birth. They're not, not born out of um, the flesh. The will of man, bloods. Other uh, birth not to bloods, not the will of the flesh, that are physical, and the will of man, but to God. Now, the King James, uh, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Born of God, born from above, the original speaks of more of born from above, born of spirit. If you receive the word, you receive the spirit speaking. Okay, the spirit speaking is the word. So that's why... People receive the Holy Spirit when they believe the gospel. The gospel is the word. 
and I'll prove it to you. The gospel is not, uh, the word is not the law. The word is the gospel. Because the gospel are the words of the spirit and life. Okay. All right. So, you have to believe the word. And those who believe the word will receive the power to become sons. They do not owe their birth to the flesh. Okay. So, you got these different groups. Sons of Abraham. Sons of your father. Abraham had many sons. Many sons had father. Abraham. Okay. So, now the Ishmaelites or the Muslims say they are sons of Abraham. Okay. Because Ishmael uh, was by natural descent a son of Isaac. Uh, a son of um, Abraham, sorry. Isaac, by, his, by the real wife, not by the slave woman, was also the physical son of Abraham. Okay. But God said, your, your seed will be like the sand of the seashore. Referring to the physical descent. Born of the flesh. Born of the will of man flesh. So there are many people born of the flesh from Abraham. But he said the second time when he came out of the tent and he said, look up. What do you see? Stars of heaven. Say, your seed shall be like the stars of heaven. And Abraham believed and it was accounted to him for righteousness. All right? So the spiritual heirs, the spiritual seed descendants of Abraham are the ones born of the Spirit. Do you get it? So then it doesn't matter where your natural birth comes from. You can be either a Jew or a, or a whatever. You can be anything as long as you get born again. Because the promise was according to the seed which refers to Jesus. And if you're in Him, then you receive the promise that was um, promised to Abraham. Okay, that's Galatians 3. But we're going to go in detail about those things. We touched on it in the Hebrew series, but we'll, we'll talk about those things. But today we're just talking about the difference between a flesh birth and a spiritual birth. Okay? Neither by bloods. That's a D. <laughs> okay. You get these bloodlines. One bloodline of... Abraham and Ishmael and bloodline, bloodline, bloodline. And then you get certain characteristics in that bloodline. You get the bloodline of Abraham through Isaac and bloodline, bloodline. You get the, this bloodline and you get certain sicknesses in a certain nation. Okay, certain gene pool, bloodline. Certain people have a propensity towards cancer. Otherwise, others have a propensity towards sugar diabetes. And so it goes on. Some people have a problem with eyesight. And so it's, it's genetic. Okay? So there's a blood thing, and the people speak of the bloodline curses and all those things. Okay? All right. If you are, if you receive the word, if you receive him, if you believe in him, you are not born of the flesh. You are not born of the will of man. You are not born of bloods. So that bloodline stops right there. You are not the heir of your ancestors and all their issues and all their junk. You are now the heir of God. You died and you got reborn. How did I die? Galatians 2 verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. I, uh, but Christ lives in me. In the life I live, I live by faith in the one who loved me and gave himself up for me. So because of faith in him, I died. I died. And then I was born again.
teach extensively on baptism sometime. But baptism, the figure of baptism is I'm buried in the water of baptism and I'm raised to a new life in fellowship with the Spirit. So that means the old man, the old creation, buried in the waters of baptism, buried with Christ, and rose in fellowship with the risen Christ. Okay, so in you, if you're born again, is no longer old you, little old you. In you is the risen Christ who conquered death, who is victorious over sin, who has all authority and all power. Inside you is him. You are born of him. And the word that made you born is the seed. So it says in John 1, who owe their birth neither to bloods, verse 13, nor to the will of man, nor to the physical impulse, nor to the will uh, that of the natural father, but to God. They are born of God. And the word became flesh, human incarnate, and tabernacled and fixed his tent and lived a while among us. And we actually saw his glory, his honor, his majesty, such glory as only an only begotten son receives from his father, full of grace and truth. Okay. So, the Word became flesh. The Word, through faith, becomes flesh in us when we believe. The first one was Jesus. He was the only begotten. Then He died, and He got raised from the dead, and He poured out the Spirit. He said, go preach. Now we preach the Gospel. The Gospel is... The Word, which is the Spirit speaking. The Word of the... We speak by the Spirit. So if we're not speaking by the Spirit, we're ministering letter, and then we're ministering death. But if we speak by the Spirit, we're ministering life. So now people hear the words of Spirit and life. The words of the Holy Spirit. They hear that Word finds entrance into the heart. Born again. Okay? So now it's a new creation. Now it's no longer them descending from... The old, the whole spirit has been renewed by the Spirit of God. Okay? Now the Word became flesh. Okay? So if you're born again, you are a walking, talking house of God. You are a vessel of glory. You are someone in whom God dwells and lives. Okay? Are we in, in agreement with this? Okay. All right. So... Verse 18 says, No man has ever seen God at any time. The only unique Son, the only begotten God, who is in the bosom of the Father. He has declared Him. He has revealed Him and brought Him out where He can be seen. He has interpreted Him. He's made Him known. Okay, so Jesus manifested the unseen God. And they didn't recognize that manifestation. They just saw a natural man. So now, since we have received the Spirit, we are manifesting Jesus. So certain people just think, who are you, you clown? So they don't recognize Jesus. They don't receive us because they don't see the one who sent us. Okay. So what helps them to recognize him? The miracles. Signs, wonders, and miracles. No one can do the works that he does unless God is with him. Okay. So turn to John chapter 3. John chapter 3, there was a certain man among the Pharisees named Nicodemus. Okay? A ruler, a leader, authority among the Jews. We came to Jesus at night and said to him, Rabbi, we know and are certain that you have come from God as a teacher, for no one can do these things, these wonder works and these miracles, and produce the proofs that you do unless God is with him. So, some of these Pharisees, this was a ruler among the Pharisees. Some of them did see. It's like, hey, look at the miracles. It's not possible for a man to do this if God is not with him. We know that you must be from God. Why? Miracles. Okay? Jesus answered him. I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, 
that unless a person is born again, born anew, born from above, he cannot ever see the kingdom of God. Okay. So when you're born again, what happens? Your eyes are open. So when they partook of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, what happened? Their eyes were open. And they were blinded to the kingdom. Now, when we believe, when we get born again, we read the word, eyes opened. Now what do we see? Now we see the stuff of the Spirit. Okay? So now we have intimate fellowship with the tree of life and no longer with the tree of knowledge of good and evil. We tap into a different source. We are born from a different spirit than the people from the world. We speak from a different fellowship. We speak from a different citizenship. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter his mother's womb again and be born? So he's referring obviously to the flesh birth. Jesus answered, I assure you most solemnly I tell you, unless a man is born of water and even spirit, he cannot ever enter the kingdom of God. So you, if you want to enter the kingdom, you have to be born of the spirit. Okay. Whatever is born of flesh is flesh, of the physical is physical. But whatever, whatever is born of the spirit is spirit. All right. So we need to be born of the Spirit to partake of the things and to relate to the things of the Spirit. Okay? If there is not Spirit inside us, how can we relate to the Spirit in heaven? So God sent His Holy Spirit so that the Holy Spirit in us can relate to the Holy Spirit in heaven, that there can be agreement between heaven and earth. So the unseen part of me and the unseen realm, which is where God dwells, where heaven is, is now one. Is now, there's a connection. So without having received the Holy Spirit, there's no way for us to have fellowship and relationship with God. So you must be born again if you want to enter the kingdom of God. All right. Marvel not, do not be surprised at my telling you, you must all be born anew, born from above. The wind blows where it wills, and though you hear its sound, yet you neither know where it comes from nor where it's going. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered by asking, how can all this be possible? Jesus replied, are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not know and understand these things? Are they strange to you? I assure you most solemnly, I tell you, we speak only of what we know. We know absolutely what we're talking about. We've actually seen what we're testifying to. We were eyewitnesses of it, and still you do not receive our testimony. You reject and refuse our evidence. So they did see, but they don't, they, they don't believe it. Okay, that of myself and of all those who are born of the Spirit. If I have told you of things that happen right here on earth, and yet you, uh, none of you believes me, how can you believe me if I tell you of heavenly things? And yet no one has ever gone up to heaven, but there is one who has come down from heaven, the Son of Man himself, who is in heaven. So if I want to go right into this thing, we'll have to go to Deuteronomy 30 and Romans chapter 10. It says, who, the word of faith, what does it say? It says, do not say, who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down. We shall descend into the abyss. That is to bring Christ from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your heart, on your lips. The word of faith which we speak. Okay. Now, so the word has got everything to do with being born again. So he says, no one has ascended into heaven. But the Son of Man who has descended, who is in heaven. So he's standing right there in front of him. He's saying, you guys haven't, haven't entered there. So you have no one that can tell you what's going on there. How can you believe me? You don't even believe me when I tell you of things of the earth. How can you believe me when I tell you of heavenly things? Okay, but no one of you have ever entered there. Okay. But the Son of Man who is from there, okay, and who is there in heaven. So he's standing in front of them and he's saying, he's standing on earth, and he says, I am in heaven. So that means heaven is not a planet that we go to on a spaceship cloud and we go to planet heaven. Heaven is an unseen realm right around us, okay? Heaven is a higher dimension. God is with us. So God is not far away. He's here. He's omnipresent. He's here. He's in a realm that is not seen to the natural eye. The realm can only be seen when the Holy Spirit enters the heart and you look through the eyes of the heart. 
Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. I want to see you. Remember the song? Okay. So the eyes of your conscience is enlightened. The eyes of your heart is opened up. You know, when you receive the Holy Spirit, when the blood of Jesus washes you clean, okay, and you start uh, relating to the things in the Spirit. So you're on the earth, but you're there at the same time, born of the Spirit. You have the Spirit inside you, and the Spirit inside you is speaking to the Spirit in heaven. Okay? Deep calls unto deep. Okay? Says the Psalms at the rushing of your water spouts. So the spirit inside me and the spirit in heaven is calling to one another. Okay, so if I'm not born again, I do not enter there. So I will never enter the kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God. So it's not I die and go to heaven and stand at the pearly gates and knock, and now Paul comes out with a big book and says, no, you can't because you were too naughty. That image is from cartoons. It's not from the word. If you believe, you enter here, now, right now. Okay, so Jesus was walking with constant fellowship with the Father who is in, in heaven. He said, I never say apart from what I hear him say. I never do apart from what I see him do. So he can hear him and say him in real, real time as he's going along because he has intimate fellowship with the Father. And then there's times where he just draws away from the crowd and just completely enters in. And he's there, the secret place. Those who dwell in the secret place of the Most, I shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty, Psalm 91. Okay, so how do you enter the secret place? Well, you hear the Word. The Word enters your heart. You believe, born again, Spirit is inside you. Now that you have the Spirit inside you, you have access. And the access opens your eyes to the Spirit. The access is Jesus Christ. He says, I'm the door. And you can see in the Spirit. And you can hear Him. You can see angels. You can have visions of God. You can have prophetic insight. You can, you can see and hear stuff that others don't see and hear. Does it make sense, all of this? Okay. So being born again means that the seed, which is the Word, which is the Spirit, has come to dwell inside you. And that happened because you believed the Gospel. Okay, And now that you have the Holy Spirit inside you, the Holy Spirit, the Word, the seed of God inside you, it opens up a door for you every moment of every day to have fellowship with Him who is seated on the throne. Okay, so, so once you enter into that fellowship, like Ephesians 1 verse, Ephesians 2 verse 6 says, we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. So Jesus was seated with, well, he is Christ <laughs> in heavenly places. <laughs> so he's seated in heaven and he's standing right in front of Nicodemus and he's saying, no one has entered into heaven, but the Son who has come down from heaven who is in heaven. Okay. So if you're born of the Spirit, you, are, you live in different dimensions. If this is Spirit... And this is body. And this is soul. Okay? Someone who is not born again has no access to the Holy Spirit, no access to the glory realm of God. Okay? So his soul can only be influenced by the body. So he's only aware in the body. But once you receive the Holy Spirit... Your soul has access to the Spirit. Okay? So now your soul is the place where the Spirit and the body meet. Do you get it? So your soul can either be more conscious of what's in the Spirit or be more conscious of what's in the body. But you can stand in your body being awake and be completely aware of what's happening in the Spirit. So you're in two places at, at the same time. You're there and you're here at the same time. Aware of what's happening here, aware of what's happening there. Does it make sense? Okay. So that's why you can prophesy. That's why you can heal the sick because there's no sickness in heaven. You just touch someone. There's a connection between heaven and earth. Bam, they're healed. Okay. That's why you can 
speak a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom. You can, you can preach the word by the Spirit, and it's God speaking because there's connection. Okay. Not possible if you're not born again. Okay. So born again isn't something... Okay, I was born again in 1979, and shaka baka, shaka baka, shaka baka, check. Okay, I can pray in tongues, born again, there you go, and you never do it again. Okay, now you get the stamp. I'm a born again. You know, um, you've heard of Prophet T.B. Joshua in, in Nigeria. Okay? So, there's a lot of stuff, and a lot of stuff, but only God can open the eyes of the blind. <laughs> okay. Right, so years ago, uh, before they got involved with all kinds of funny teachings, <clears throat> they said, if someone said they're born again, then the prophet would say, okay, come and show us. You say you're born again? Bring the sick, come and show us. Because if you're born again, you have the ability of God. Heal the sick. Okay. So there's a lot in there that we can learn from. What he's saying is true. Not all know it yet. So it doesn't mean that you're not born again if you can't heal the sick. It just means that you haven't learned that you can heal the sick yet. Okay, so, but I'm using it as an example just to show the simplicity of what he saw there. It's like, I'm born again, I can heal the sick. Let's go heal the sick. So... Um, if, I, if I just think of Prophet Kobus von Rensburg, have you heard of Prophet Kobus von Rensburg, Spirit Word Ministries? We worked with him for years. So he said, uh, when, when, he was, when he got born again in the 70s, he was born again three days and he pulled a woman out of a wheelchair. And all these fancy schmancy people with their suits, you know, the moderators and the whatever, <laughs> high in the denomination, couldn't do what he was doing. And they were jealous. They would stop him. So there was this one time they were sitting in this place and there's this demon-possessed guy that's manifesting. And the one is shouting, the word is against you, and hitting him with the Bible. The other one's shouting, that blood is against you. And that guy, you know, and nothing is happening. It's just this big circus. And he sat there at the back and he said to his friend, do you think I should help them? You know? And it went on and on and on. And he just went forward. And he walked, you know, around the chairs, around the chairs, went to the front, and he said, free. And the guy was free. And he was in so much trouble because, you know, you didn't follow the chain of command. He said, he's free. <laughs> you know? so, so what do we want? Do we want, do we want to polish everyone's egos or do we want results? Okay? With that, I believe there is a certain way that, that things need to be done. Otherwise, we have chaos, and that's great. But... Uh, Let's, let's be sensitive to the Spirit. So if the Spirit is moving someone to do it, then we need to stand back and let the Spirit do it. Okay. All right. So being born again means that Christ himself is now living in you with all the rights and privileges of Christ, with all that he owns and all that he is. He's inside you and all his abilities. So that means whatever is possible for him is possible for you. So Jesus is your connection to the Father. So whatever Jesus sees to the Father is revealing to us. So if you see Jesus, you see the Father. So now you can read the Gospels. And you see Jesus healing the sick. That means the, I can, you can see the works of the Father. That means you can do it. You see Jesus raising, raising the dead. You see the works of the Father so you can do it. Because I only do what I see my Father doing. You see Jesus... Uh, you know, opening the eyes of a blind, John chapter 9. You can do it because you saw the works of the Father. When you see a miracle, don't be intimidated and think, I'm not there yet. No, it's God demonstrating to you what your next move is. The one inside you is showing you through someone else because he's in them too, what you can do. Do you get it? So, when you see, when you're in a, in a miracle meeting, you see someone healing the sick, raising the dead, pay close attention. Because next time it's going to be you. Not you that's going to be dead that's raised. You that's going to be <laughs> the one raising the dead. Okay. 
When we read the Bible, do we associate with Jesus walking and the people touching the hem of his garment? Or do we associate with a person reaching out to just touch the hem of his garment? You're born again. Associate with him. His identity is at work in you. You're born from above. So you walk, and people touch you and they're healed. People brush up against you in the, in the lift, and suddenly the cancer is gone. Why not? If we start believing these things about ourselves, we'll see it. Access, connection with him. So the fellowship and the intimacy is more important than your issues and whatever you're struggling with. Whatever you're struggling with, just throw it on the cross. Cast your cares on Jesus. Get that connection and go heal the sick. On purpose, put your attention on the work of the Father. When Jesus was 12 years old, 12, <laughs> he walked, they were traveling, and he was just gone. And they found him in the temple teaching the scribes and the Pharisees. 12-year-old. Okay? And they rebuked him for it. He says, hey, do you not know that I'm supposed to be busy with the work of my father? Okay. Science, wonders, miracles. I do only do what my what I see my father do. I only do, I only say what he says. So, if you see the miracles, you see your father's works. Okay, I'm a son. I'm born of God. I must be busy with my father's work. See, and then you just do it. If you see someone do it, it's revealed. It means it's yours. And you can do it. All right? So what Prophet Quibus said, Deuteronomy 29, verses 29. The secret things belong to God. But the things which are revealed, revealed belongs to us and our children forever, so that we may do the works of the law. So we, we may do the law. Now, the law is now fulfilled in Christ. Okay. So the, the secret things belongs to God. But now he reveals things. Through people, through the word. When something is revealed by the Spirit to you, you realize it's yours. If you get a revelation in finances, you get the finances. If you get a revelation of healing, you get the healing. If you get a revelation of raising the dead, you raise the dead. So it will first enter your heart before it enters the natural realm. Like Prophet William Undi says, the, the garage will first enter your ears before it enters your, the, the car will first enter your ears before it will enter your garage. You hear it, it's a revelation, God said it, wow, it's revealed to me, I believe it, wow, and then the car comes. And he's driving nice cars. He's really nice. <laughs> he's driving really nice cars, so I can learn from that. So the point is, if you believe you're not, never going to have it, you're never going to have it. But if the Holy Spirit revealed to you you're going to have it, then you can start having it. Finances, healing, anything. Okay, same with forgiveness. Right. First uh, Peter chapter 1. All right, so let's start at verse 8. I think it's a good place to start. First Peter chapter 1. He says, Without having seen him, you love him. And though you do not even now see him, you believe in him, and exult and thrill with inexpressible and glorious triumph and heavenly joy. Okay, so it's from the unseen realm. You're born from the unseen realm. So without seeing him with your natural eyes, you know him, and you believe him, and you exult in joy. You rejoice in what you see, not with your eyes, but with the heart. Okay. You rejoice with heavenly joy. Then verse 9, at the same time you receive the result, the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Okay. So if you can see it and you rejoice in it, you have it. At the same time you receive it. Okay. The prophets who prophesied of the grace that was intended for you searched and inquired earnestly about this salvation. This is now Old Testament prophets that he's speaking about. They sought to find out to whom and, and or when this was to come, when this, which the Spirit of God working within them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of the Christ and the glory that should follow. Okay, so did Christ suffer? So it's now time for the glory to follow. So it's not now time for the world to fall into darkness and everything be destroyed and the false prophet to take over and everything to be destroyed. It's time for glory. Sufferings of the Christ and the glory that should follow. Uh, as uh, as the, the word that the Lord lives, the, um, 
earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God like the waters covers the sea. So the glory will cover the earth. That's next on God's agenda. Okay. Right, so it was then disclosed to them that the services they were rendering were not meant for themselves and their period of time, but for you. Okay. So they, in the Old Covenant, they were prophesying, prophesying, prophesying. All of us, we read these Bible stories and we think, wow, we thought we were, that, we were them. We, were thought, we, we thought, man, I wish I could live in the days of Elijah or the days of you know, Isaiah or the days of Elisha or all those miracles. Hey, you can have much more than they. Okay, Jesus said in, in Mark, when, uh, Matthew chapter 11, what's it, Luke 7, he said, um, what did you go out to see? Speaking of John the Baptist, a reed shaken in the wind. No, what did you come to see? A prophet. He says, no more than a prophet. He says, for all, Matthew 11, he says, all men born of women. There's none greater than John the Baptist. So Jesus spoke in red letter. He said, none greater than John the Baptist. And John the Baptist didn't even do miracles. Why is he the greatest? Because he saw him and he recognized him. He actually saw him. He said, behold, the Lamb of God comes to take away the sin of the world. Okay? Jesus said, none of born of women greater than John the Baptist, but the least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. Okay. How are you in the kingdom of God? You are born of the Spirit to enter the kingdom. John 3. So if you have been born again, you are greater than John the Baptist. And if you are born again, it means you are greater than Elijah, you're greater than Elisha, you're greater than Isaiah. Jesus said, when the, when the disciples asked him, who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom? He said, hey, the least of you is going to be the greatest. Okay, so it's not an ego trip. It's a servant heart. The person who completely loses this will gain this. So if you drop the ego and surrender to him, you receive him. So you're least in the kingdom because you deny yourself. You lay down your life completely. You're not there for your own thing. Be the greatest. Okay? So the least in the kingdom will be greater than John the Baptist, who is greater than all the other prophets. So it's an attitude of heart. Serving instead of trying to be the big shot. Okay? I hope this makes sense. That this thing of the, the least and the greatest thing hit me one day, and I, I almost blew up. Blue 10 fuses, okay? <laughs> all right, so, all right. So, born again, that's what we're talking about. Uh, let's start at verse 16, just to connect with the previous session. For it's written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. So, we've been predestined to be Set apart and may it be holy for him. Verse 17. And if you call upon him as your father. Ah. Who calls upon God as father? Who, who calls on, on him as father? What is Jesus? He's a son. So only a son will call upon him as a father. So if his name is revealed to you as father, what, what does that say about you? You're a son. Okay? So... If you call upon him as your father, so you're speaking about born-again people because if you're born from God, from God, you call him father. If you call upon him as your father, who judges each one impartially according to what he does, then you should conduct yourself with true reverence throughout the time of your temporary residence on earth. You must know. Now, this is not optional. You must know this. Okay? It's not really enough space to write it. But you must, must know this. <laughs> you must know. 
that you were redeemed. Remember the previous session? He redeemed us. Grace and peace to you. He rescued us. He redeemed us. He, okay. You must know that you were redeemed, ransomed from the useless, fruitless way of living inherited by tradition from your forefathers or your ancestors. Not with corruptible things such as silver and gold, but you were purchased with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a sacrificial lamb without blemish or spot. Okay, he bought you with his blood and he redeemed you from the useless, fruitless way of living inherited by tradition from your forefathers. Jesus said, these, by these traditions you make the word of God of no effect. So if we're going to honor traditions above the word of God, guess what? We're never going to be born again. Because we're born by the word. If the word of God has made no effect by the traditions, then the tradition is not your friend. Yeah, but my father is doing that. My father's father, my father's father. Yeah, born of the flesh. Born of blood. Born of the will of the flesh. They just qualified themselves natural. Okay? You were bought with his blood. Now, I'm going to say something. You're probably going to say, hear me say it a few times. I'm saying it because it's all over in songs. You are not born of the blood of Jesus. You are washed by the blood of Jesus. You are bought by the blood of Jesus. But you are not born from the blood of Jesus. You are born from the Spirit. Oh, his blood runs through my veins. It's not true. <laughs> There's no blood in Jesus' body right now because he shed his blood on the cross. He is alive because of the Spirit that raised him from the dead and he ascended to heaven. So he's alive in his body right now in heaven. Okay, am I saying too much? Are you following? Okay. So Jesus doesn't have blood. Jesus has only glory inside him. So that's why he's got no limitations. Okay, so if you get tired, it's your blood that's tired. If you, if you run, you get tired. Why? Because there's not enough oxygen or enough nutrients in your blood. You have to stop a while and just breathe. It's because of the weakness of the blood. Okay, Jesus does not have that blood. He shed it on the cross and he sprinkled it on the mercy seat. So when he appears, no blood. You can, you, can, you can check it out in the Bible. When he appeared to them, you know, they were fishing. He said, touch me, flesh and bone. Flesh and bone cannot eat. So they gave him a fish and he ate it. He, he appeared in the upper room. He says, touch me, I'm flesh and bone. Not flesh and blood. All right? So you are not born of the blood of Jesus. You are washed by the blood of Jesus. The Bible says here, not born of bloods. Okay? Make sense? It seems like splitting ears and listen, these small distinctions give you revelation or not. Okay? And people can get stuck because of song theology. <laughs> okay, but I love the songs. I don't want to check out the songs, but then that, that one line I'm like, well, really? <laughs> Come on, man. So, but it's fine. Okay. We're getting to the point now. <laughs> right. You must know that you were redeemed and ransomed from the useless, fruitless way of living inherited by tradition from your forefathers. All right, verse 19. But you were purchased with the precious blood of Christ, that of a sacrificial lamb. Verse 20. It is true that it was chosen and foreordained, destined and foreknown for it. There it is again, the foreknown thing. Because the of the because before the foundation of the world, but he was brought out to public view and made manifest in these last days for the sake of you. So he knew the Father all the time, but he made him manifest. John 1 verse 18, no one has seen him, but he has come to reveal him or to declare him, to make him known. He has done it for our sake, so that we can see him. Okay. The word became flesh, we beheld his glory of the only begotten son. All right? Verse 21. Through him you believe in God who raised him up from the dead and gave him honor and glory so that your faith and hope are centered and rest in God. All right? Now, listen. 
since by your obedience to the truth through the Holy Spirit, you have, been, you have purified your hearts. So there's the, the purification of the heart. Uh, I wanted to go to Ephesians that speaks of the washing of regeneration. The washing of water by the word. The washing of regeneration. Okay, but I'm not going to. I'm just mentioning it. Okay, so you have purified your hearts. So the washing of regeneration speaks of being born again. You have purified your hearts to the truth through the Holy Spirit. Uh, You've purified your hearts for the sincere affection of the brethren. See that you love one another fervently and from a pure heart. Okay? Now, verse 23. Here we go. You have been regenerated or born again, not from a mortal origin or a seed or a sperm. So it's not a natural birth, but from one that is immortal by the ever-living and lasting word of God. Where did you get your rebirth from? You believed on his name, the word. The word entered your heart. The word is the seed, born again, born from above, born from God. Right, you were regenerated not from mortal, but from immortal ever-living, lasting word. Then he says, For all flesh is like grass. Remember the foundation, the wood and stubble, all flesh is like grass. And it's glory like the flower of grass. So the glory of the flesh is there for a second and then it's gone. Okay? The grass withers and the flower drops off. But the word of the Lord endures forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. So the word that we believe in our hearts and on our lips, the word of faith which we preach, we shall ascend, we shall descend. The word is the good news. Which literally means in Greek the the gospel. Evangel, evangelicus or something is the word. It, I, I don't know the language, so I'm not accurate in that. But it's, that's what, where evangelism comes from. Evangel, evangelical, it means the good news. Okay. The good news, the gospel, is the word that the Spirit speaks that brings life to you as you hear it and believe it. Inside every word is Jesus, like those bubbles that the children blow. Okay, those words inside him is the spirit. You know, as that word enters your ears and enters your heart, Christ is inside you, and you are born from above, born from God, born from God. So it is very important to keep on hearing the word spoken by the Spirit, revelation knowledge, revelation teaching, and not teaching of tradition of people that was taught out of the law. The letter, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 6 and 7, the letter kills, but the Spirit makes alive. So a letter doctrine of grace will kill you also. It's the Spirit and fellowship with the Spirit. And the Word spoken through fellowship with the Spirit. Him. Speaking through a man. Spirit and life will bring life, it will help you. That word, when believed and received in the heart, causes people to be born from above. If you're born from above, what essentially happens is this this is you. Okay? Spirit, soul, body. Without God, you, you just belong to yourself or to which whatever weird spirit you surrendered yourself to. Okay? But now that the Holy Spirit has entered and your spirit is now one with the Holy Spirit, your body in which that spirit dwells, if you can... I'm not an artist. Your body is now filled with the Spirit. So what 
is now seen is no longer another spirit's works, but the spirit of God's works. You are literally the body of Christ. You are his dwelling place. If you're born again, you're the body of Christ. Not the only the body of Christ. You know, the Episcopalians and the Presbyterians and the Catholics and the, and the Assemblies of God and the Pentecostals and the whatever. Not all of the denominations. There's one body. Everyone who has Christ in them is part of the body. All over the world, one body. But in a very specific sense also. Just stand up, Nick. Eh? Feet, legs. Body, arms, head, nose, mouth, ears, body. Body of Christ. Christ is in that body, body of Christ. So I don't need to now get the ear and the arm and the eye and the nose and the pinky toe together to go and heal someone. I just go and lay hands on the sick because I am the body of Christ. But together, we are now here together. Where two or more of you are gathered in my name, there I will be. So then we are the body. But when I step out the door, I am the body. But when we are speaking, we are, when we have fellowship, we are the body. But then I go to the world and heal the sick, then I am the body. And you are the body. And you are the body. The fullness of him dwells inside you. Does this make sense? Okay, so we have to get both. It's both. It's both the corporate body and single, singularly you are the body. Okay, you get it? Okay, come on. Okay. And then 1 Corinthians 3, verse 16, 2 Corinthians 3 and 2 Corinthians 6, or is it 1 Corinthians 6? They, they, they say more or less kind of the same thing, connecting the body of Christ with the temple of the Holy Spirit. So you are the dwelling place of God, because His Spirit dwells in you permanently. This body is the temple. A Gentile's body is not a temple. A born-again believer's body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. It's the dwelling place, the permanent dwelling place. Because people take that phrase and use it for anything. Oh, my body is the temple. I'm not going to eat chips. You don't know what you're talking about. It's not about what food you eat. It's not about what music you listen to or whether you get, get tattoos. I know people with many tattoos that's healing the sick, okay? <laughs> so, oh, my body is the temple. I'm not going to get a tattoo. Listen, if that's in your heart, your conviction, fine. Don't get a tattoo. I'm not going to get a tattoo. I like to put on a different shirt every now and then. So a tattoo, I can't take it off and put another one on. Do you get it? It's permanent. So I don't like tattoos. I'm not going to put one. But if someone likes it, then he likes it. Then it's great. Whatever. I, I have no problem with a tattoo whatsoever. Okay. It's not defiling someone. What defiles someone is not believing in what they say out of unbelief. But I'm not going to go into those scriptures now. Okay. What I'm saying is, if the Spirit dwells in you, as the Ark of the Covenant in the Holy of Holies, you know the teachings of the tabernacle, outer court, holy place, holy of holies, no? Okay. There was an Ark of the Covenant in the Holy of Holies, and even in the temple. As the Spirit of God in the Old Covenant dwelled on that Ark, so He now dwells in you. So in the same way the temple was the temple in the old, now you are the temple because the Spirit dwells in you. So you are a walking, talking ark. You are a walking, talking holy of holies. You are the permanent dwelling place of God. And I will be the God and they shall be my people. Behold, the, the abode of God is with men. Okay? That's at Revelation 21, 22. Okay. So, so I want you to understand this. If you're born again, you are the body of Christ, and you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So if, one, if people want to find God, they need to come to you. 
Do you get it? And now we're going to slaughter a religious cow. Okay. Oh, it's not me. It's him. No, it's you. He didn't say... He said, go and heal the sick. So you must go and heal the sick. You are, you are one with him, so you'll be with the... But if you don't go and heal the sick, you can say, I'll, go, I'll come and heal you and lay your hands on the sick and heal him. You can be bold in that. Of course it's Jesus. No one can heal the sick without Jesus. No one can do these things if God is not with him. So we're not arrogant in saying that, but we need to catch this. There's a difference between when you pray and when someone else prays. In 2017, August, at that election day, I prayed for a lady who was dead. There was just a machine circulating her body. There was no response, no nothing. Many people prayed, nothing happened. When I prayed, her husband said, when he prayed, there was a presence. And I left, and her heart started beating, and she was raised from the dead. And she, the, the next day, they gave her a pacemaker, and the day after that, she went home. From dead, not normal ward, from this machine, home, instead of coffin. She went home. She's alive. She lives in Irene. Okay? <laughs> so what I'm saying is there's a difference when you pray than when someone else prays. Okay? What's the difference? You're the dwelling place, and you know it, and you believe it. All right? So you're the body of Christ. You're the dwelling place of God. Oh, Acts chapter 3. We've got a few minutes. I'm finishing with this. Peter and John going at the hour of prayer to the temple at the gate called Beautiful. Here comes people carrying along a lame man. So they were still carrying him. He had a certain coat so that he could beg. Okay. So they put him there and he looked at Peter and John and he was they wanted something from them, you know? Please give me something. All right. So here comes Peter and John, and they say, oh, we are nothing. We are nothing. Just, just look to Jesus. Just look to Jesus. Ooh. No, they didn't say that. They said, look on us. Look at me. Okay? Look me in the eyes. Look at me. Not look at Jesus. Because he's dead. He's born of God. So inside him, he's not going to find Peter. He's going to find Jesus. He said, look on us. What we have, we give to you. In the name of Jesus. In this word. In the name of Jesus, the word became flesh. In the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. Command. And they didn't leave it there. They grabbed him. And they pulled him up. And that second, his ankle bones received strength. And he was leaping and jumping and praising God. And everyone was astounded. And then Peter began his speech. He said, why, people, why do you stare at us as if by our own piety... And by our own holiness, we have healed this man. Let it be known by you that through, the, the, through faith in his name, through the use of the power of the name of Jesus, this man is, is made holy standing right in front of you. Okay? In the name of Jesus. Okay? All right. So he didn't say, oh, we are nothing. We are nothing. It's not me. It's, just, it's not me. I'm not important. No, he was filled with boldness. Because they arrested them and not Jesus. They saw them doing it. They healed. They said, in whose name did you do this? By what authority did you do this? So who did it? They did it. It's a command. Go heal the sick. All right. So if I'm surrendered to him, if I'm born of him, if I'm representing him, if I die, it's not I that lives, him that lives. When they receive me, they receive him. When they arrest me, they arrest him. When they reject me, they reject him. But when I speak, he speaks. Okay? Good? Amen? To so be bold.